Great Expectations is part of the Earth 2 network of podcasts. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. And welcome back for episode 36 of the Great Expectations Podcast. I'm sorry about the name. That was my doing in the beginning. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I, yeah. You had something else, and I was like, I really like Charles Dickens. Let's do this. Yeah. And it, did us, it did us no favors. I think it's fine. All right. I, it, it's been so long now, people wouldn't recognize us by any other name. That's true. So it's been a long time, Jerry. Yeah. It's been a while since episode 30. I don't even remember what episode 35 was about. And I didn't have time to go back and re-listen. I did, and I've already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> this is middle age. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I don't. Oh uh, wait, 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 wait. Were the X Men in Japan fighting? Yes. The Silver Samurai. Yeah. Some Paul Smith art was happening. Or yes. was that too far ago? I, that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Um, did they go to? Was there like a Fing Fang Foom issue somewhere in there? Moses Magnum. That was much earlier. That was the John Byrne days. Yeah, but wasn't like there one nineteen? Okay. Think. All right. <clears throat> yeah. So it would have been uh, the whole uh, Mariko and yeah, yeah, Silver Samurai. Did we do Dark Phoenix Returns? I don't know. Previously on X-Men. Editor's note. What we actually talked about was Uncanny X-Men number 180, the lead-in to Secret Wars, and New Mutants number 15 through 17, where the New Mutants try to free Kitty from the clutches of the White Queen. Wow, we suck. We do suck. All right, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back in seven years to cover what we were going to cover tonight. <laughs> Which is, Sean, your favorite <laughs> comic book oh my God. of all time. I'm so excited to share these memories with you because I know how much you love it. Okay, hang on. So when we stopped doing the podcast, I continued on with the reread by myself. Sitting there by the window, reading every single issue we were supposed to, looking out, missing Jerry. Aww. He was off baking bread. Uh-huh. That's right. Yep. Then I finished it, and then I started it all over again. But then I did our initial idea, which was the music mixed with it. Yeah. Where I'm only reading time period specific music. And instead of where we started, where it was just giant size, I actually went back to 63 and have read everything. And my opinion on Stanley has changed. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. He's come down a peg or two. But I do now get it. Yeah. Get it. Those uh, those 60s issues are fun. Uh huh. Um, But it was rough. Anyways. 
the comics were an unsophisticated art form at the time. You know, they they were written for kids. They were pumped out as fast and as cheaply as they could do it. I am currently reading Spider-Man for the first time, like the epic collections of Amazing Spider-Man, and that's the one that's really been pointing the uh, holes in the system uh-huh. as, you know, Peter and Betty just miss each other like this every Ooh. other issue. Yeah. It's constant, like you didn't read the issue before. The whole every issue is someone's first issue was just because people were throwing out issues. They were like reading them and throwing them out. <laughs> That's right. You should have been giving them to us so we could read them. Yeah, so the last time I read these books, I thought it was going to be the last. I prayed it would be the last. <laughs> and a lot's changed since then. This is how much I love what we're about to do, that I'm back, that I have a... Uh, just a quick recap on what's happened in the seven years for me. Mm. Uh if everyone that's listening, due to the fact that we talked about our personal lives a lot, remember, I am now married to Ashley. Jerry stood up in the wedding. It was awesome. Yeah. We got some good photos of each other hugging yeah. that night. It was a good time. Good times. Uh, now, fast forward five years from that, and we just had a baby. Yes, we did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did, Jerry. I, I think, yeah. Uh, Ashley and me, not Jerry and oh, me. sorry. We've had a baby longer than me and Ashley. The GX pod. Yeah, our little baby. A little baby that could. I'm going to get you to spit take all over our issues. Sweet. Before the end of this. These ones deserve it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What we're doing here today is uh, in a little bit of celebration for our pal and former guest host, Super Steve. And his mar- Marvel... <laughs> Marvel... His Marvelous... <sighs> Marvel noise. Exactly. They're celebrating their 400th episode, so we wanted to chip in. 400. Someday they'll catch up to us. Yeah. <laughs> 36. <laughs> so we thought long and hard about just jumping up to the great Uncanny X-Men number 400. Yeah. And reading that and mm-hmm. talking about it. But it is... Not good. No, sir. You know what I learned during this, Jerry? What's that? Everybody, uh, it's been a long time since me and Jerry first met. Uh-huh. And I was a young punk uh-huh. who loved his 90s X-Men uh-huh. and was always ready to defend it. Fair. And he didn't understand where all these old bastards kept on being <laughs> like, the 70s and 80s are where it's at, kid. Uh. And guess what, Jerry? Was that? You were right. Of course. You were very, very right. Here's to me. My absolute... Me alone! I could just go <laughs> on and on about the Claremont years. I think it's all that matters to me. And it's only driven home more how much I love Claremont when we read a Marvel superhero Secret Wars. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're here on Marvel Noise Podcast to discuss... The first company-wide super event, year-long event uh, that grabbed all the heroes and villains from the Marvel U and mashed them together on a mashed-up planet with some guy called the Beyonder calling the shots. And it's genius. So, so here's here's what we got. It is right? not genius. It's it's roughly it's early eighties. I want to say synopsis was the pitch 
that I imagine was just like the seven year. It was the 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 movie Big is the basis for how Marvel superheroes Secret Wars got put into production. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, what we're looking at is a situation where and this is weird to me because had signed on to work with who? Oh, the Distinguished Competition. Oh, I screwed that up. They signed a action figure deal with some toy maker whose name escapes me now. One of you know, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll get one of our interns to look it up, put it in the show notes. <laughs> you mean our children? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, was it Kenner? I can't remember. And this is turning into a terrible story because now I can't remember who made the Secret Wars toys. I thought it was Mattel. Mattel. Yes. I could be wrong. So they approached Marvel and uh, and they were like, well, hey, we want some superhero toys too. How about you license your characters to us and we make toys, right? But the weird thing to me is Marvel was already in bed with Hasbro. Like they were licensing comics for G.I. Joe, Transformers. I think, there, was there a mask comic? I can't remember. Anyway, lots of toy lines that Marvel was publishing right. comics for. And and they had their own animation house. They were doing some of the animation for these shows, too. Uh, and then to jump to Mattel and have them make these garbage action figures. Garbage. Garbage. Okay. But this was the impetus for this first super crossover series mega event marvel superheroes secret wars mattel said we want to sell some toys and why you modernize some of these some of these characters make dr doom stop looking like he's wearing medieval armor we want all these high-tech things we want vehicles vehicles and bases that you know those high margin items that we can make a lot of money on and jim shooter said well, this is going to be a tough job. There's only one man that can do it, and that's me and my giant ego. So he took it upon himself to write this thing. And to his credit, I think he hired a fantastic artist he to did. draw it. Mike Zeck, one of the best of the 80s, Yep. Uh, drew, I think, my favorite Spider-Man story of all time, Craven's Last Hunt. Uh-oh, Sean. You've read it, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> remember, you know what happened. I don't remember. I don't like Craven's Last Hunt because I read it on like the sunniest hot summer day outside. Mm. Oh. And it was not the right mood. So you were like, Sean, you have to read this. Like when it's a dreary, rainy night, thunderstorm, yeah. set the mood. And I think when I did that, I liked it a lot more. But wow, my first read of Craven's Last Hunt, I got done and was like... I'm never trusting the internet again. <laughs> well, um, we'll give it another seven years and see how you feel then. Yeah. Maybe you'll come to your senses about that too. I said I liked it the second go you around. Did. You did. Much like you were I, very convincing. I though. tolerated Secret Wars a little bit more this go around. Mm-hmm. But the first time I ever read it, I was like, who boy, no way. And then the second time I was like, there's so many words, but he's not really saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the time. Like, Claremont was the oh, big writer oh, yeah, for Marvel. And 
Claremont knows how to tell a tale. He does. He knows how to paint a picture. But Claremont wasn't drawing for the distinguished competition at 14 years old. True. The shooter was. No, he and I think and it went to his head. Into he there. did. <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, so here's basically for those of you that it haven't. It reads like a 14 year old suddenly was like, hey. All my toys from here, all my toys from here, irregardless of how they've been being written for years. He kitbashed this stuff. Ooh, I almost did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no yeah. edits. Gotta keep it PG for the Marvel Noise audience. That's right. Basically, show. what happens here is a whole butt ton of Marvel heroes, 21 in all are put on a spaceship in some far-flung galaxy. And they're like, how did we get here? This is crazy. And then they see another spaceship that's full of villains. So here's... Okay, first I want to point out... I'm going to show this to you because I just paged to it. This I bought this copy of issue one used. Okay. And like every panel of this issue, <laughs> some kid went through and scribbled out the thing's eyes. Like angrily through the paper. And in a couple pages, he did it to Reed Richards, too. Somebody hates the Fantastic Four. Wasn't me. I swear. Well, I like the Fantastic Four. Yeah, me too. So, uh, good guys. You're talking Avengers. You're talking Fantastic Four. You're talking Spider-Man. And you're talking our boys. X-Men. That's right. But there's a surprise member of the cast. And it's Magneto. And on the other ship, you got a lot of the big bads. You got Doctor Doom, Galactus, Kang. I mean, these are heavy hitters. And then uh, uh, the Absorbing Man, who to me has always been a pretty terrifying enemy. And and the Wrecking Crew, Enchantress, because you got to have some cheesecake. Yeah. And but here's here's the thing that I think makes this story interesting. What the whole thing hinges on, and it's X Men centric. I think we both agree um, that Shooter writes this with a negative X-Men bias. 100%. It's almost like him and Claremont got into a big kerfluffle years ago about the death of Dark Phoenix, and now this is his chance to just (laughs) stomp all over the X-Men for a couple issues. That's right. And we'll get to how he handles writing women like the Wasp. Oh, yeah. You know, I think he's the reason that I never really liked the Wasp as a kid. Okay, so I was going to ask, since, like, my comic book history, for the most part, was the only time I ever really read the Avengers was when, or any other Marvel superheroes, was when they would cross over with the X-Men. Right. And then I started getting into stuff, and I mean, I've read my fair share. I know in in my most recent reread, when I was missing Jerry... I went and read every single Avengers appearance that Beast was in. Mm-hmm. And so I... Uh, he was so good for that book. He was. Maybe not the best Avenger, but... Right. Like, best teammate. Yeah. You know? I know. They need to... Uh, I named my kid after him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you did. And now they've done him dirty for years. Oh. I knew. I knew right when I was naming him where I was going to have to be like, when we have the talk, I've got to be like, he was an Avenger, a new Defender, an X-Man. He quit the Avengers to come back and rescue his family. 
Mm-hmm. And then in the most recent years, they've just turned him into Dark Beast. Yep. It's a real bummer. Anyways. Eminem drew him really cool, though. That horn. What? Yeah. In the Bendis stuff. In the Bendis go back in time, this is where he starts turning into a big pile of crap? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He he looked cool. No. (laughs) That's all I'll say about it. He hasn't looked cool since the 90s. The second Frank the Shakes quietly got a hold of him. (laughs) Every character squiggles. Mashed potatoes. What's that? Dr. Katz? Every Frank Quietly <laughs> issue looks like Dr. Katz. Okay. Okay, you leave my boy alone. I'm sorry if this hurts Jerry's standing amongst any artist circles. No. I These don't. opinions are Sean Pigeons alone. They are. Well, they're probably not yours alone, but I disagree. You do. I do. That's what broke us up in the first place. <sighs> yeah, we never did talk about the fact that we had that huge argument about Frank Quietly. table flip i was like you take it back he wouldn't take it back still hasn't i will not uh so i i wanted to mention and i could wait but i'm gonna do it now um the first time i ever went to the comic shop on my own i bought off the rack secret wars number eight Spider-Man's first appearance in the black costume. That's the first time you ever went to a comic book store Uh, by yourself? My older brothers uh, collected comics, and I read every issue they had. I loved them, but that was my only exposure to comics for the first ten years of my life, or what, eight years. I don't remember. It would have been 84, ten years. 84, I go to the shop. I bought that off the rack, and Uncanny 180... Eight, I think, where they're... I don't remember. The New Mutants uh, Sleepover Dang. issue, which was time. 21. I think so. And uh, Avengers... It was a double-sized issue, I want to say 250, but I don't think that's right. Where they fight... What the hell is that guy's name? So this giant robot guy, Maelstrom or something. <laughs> Editor's note, I almost had it. It was Avengers number 257 where they fought Terminus in the Savage Land. X-Men. Yeah, so this this series was like one of the first things I bought on my own. So wow. like you go from they stopped collecting maybe four years before that. So my and the last thing I read was Dark Phoenix Saga. And then right. get thrown into this. I don't know who Rogue is. Uh, I don't know who half these characters are. And so it really was my first issue, you know, in, in that whole thing where you reset every issue that helped me become a reader. But what I really want to talk about at the start of this is they throw all these guys together and it turns out that it's a really interesting math problem. Because if you count how many villains there are and you count how many heroes there are, there's 21 heroes and there are, I think there's 14 villains. So there's a lot more heroes, but there's seven X-Men. And the first thing that happens is they get an argument about Magneto. And Magneto's like, I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. And the X-Men are like, yeah, we're going with you. X-Men are out. Now the teams are even and the X-Men are a wild card. 
And you've got Professor X on the one hand saying, we have to be good, we're heroes. And Magneto's like, those guys treated me badly. They suck. We're better than them. Let's act like we're better than them. And so as a kid, it's like a razor's edge. You don't know which way the X-Men are going to go. They could end up on either side, depending on who wins that fight. Right? So, um, that and that is something that I didn't pick up on until this last reread. Just that, uh, like, I always, like, I knew they were their own team kind of doing their own thing because they weren't getting along with the Avengers and FF. Yeah. But uh, the fact that, like, they swung the balance one way or the other, depending on uh, who they decided to side with was, I thought, an important um, uh, factor in the whole story. The end. That's the end of my rant. Okay. I'm into it. I see it. Respond. I, I mostly just thought it was them trying to sideline the X-Men once again. <laughs> I'm coming from a real cynical place. Yeah, well, that's so how, that's actually that's how good... I always read it. And we yeah. talked about that before the reread was how we thought Shooter did them dirty but right um you might be onto something i maybe i want to give him a little bit of credit like maybe he thought that through i think the math supports that theory all right the fact that the numbers without the x-men make the teams equal sure i think that's what he intended i think that was his intent well let's move forward okay so following that guideline that way we can be a little nicer to shooter so they they end up on the on this planet that uh, the Beyonder, uh, this crack in space appears and a, a voice says, I am from beyond. And it's basically like, kill everybody in the other spaceship and whatever you desire will be yours. And uh, the, the bad guys, of course, think, well, that's a great idea. Yeah. And the good guys are like, well, of course we're not going to do that. That's terrible. And the Beyonder... Or, I'm sorry, Galactus is like, well, how about if I just kill you and take what I want, Beyonder? And so he flies through the crack. He gets smacked down hard. Galactus. So you know right away that whoever this Beyonder is, he's pretty powerful. And and, uh, they're probably going to have to play along if they want to get out of this alive. So then this is where the X-Men have their breakup with the good guys and they storm off and everybody ends up on their own base. Basically the bad guys get this gigantic sweet base with 75 floors or whatever it is. And the good right. guys get their base and the X-Men find their own cool base. Yep. Seventy nine ninety nine out this Christmas, 1984. Yep. yep. I don't remember seeing any of those play sets. <laughs> no, I it think it was just the, the one wave of figures that sunk like a stone. Everybody had shields, Sean. I know. What, I've got an uno- I've got an unopened Doctor Doom sitting in my house right now. Well, did I miss anything important? I didn't miss anything important. There's there's big fight in the beginning. Yeah, as soon as they get down there, there's a huge fight. Uh, kind of a stalemate. They use ray guns and stuff that they normally wouldn't because you had to sell those accessories. Yes, it's pretty apparent as an older fella. I imagine if I was like ground floor kid already reading comic books and i came into this in the summer of 84 and the tigers are kicking ass and everything's going great in my little life i'd probably be like oh my god every single hero every single villain yeah i love it 
I'm yeah. eating it up. However, that's not you. It's a little rough. Yeah. I, like, I feel like I, the reverence of it always needs to be kind of padded with... And I, this is coming from a place of a person who has had to, like, eat their own words of, like, the stuff I grew up with is the best. Uh-huh. I can actively look at that and know that I was wrong. I would hope that someone that was like, Sacred Wars, the bee's knees, could yeah. now be willing to admit that perhaps building an entire 12-issue storyline along with a <laughs> double, like, sized finale around... We want to sell some toys. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't work out so well. Yeah. Well, I I, I want to say that I still find it fun and harmless. Sure. I mean, this is, this is definitely a self-contained story where nearly everything and everyone comes out of it unharmed. Except for someone who wasn't there at all. No kidding. (laughs) Which which we will get to. Um, And this one might have been self-contained, but the idea of doing a sequel and making it cover every single book, it's tough. Yeah. One thing I I forgot that I thought he did that was clever um, was very first thing on the... When the bad guys show up in the ship is Ultron, like tries to pick on Galactus. Yeah. And Galactus just snuffed him like a candle. Yeah. So that could, like if you know Ultron and you know how powerful Ultron is and you know that Galactus just takes him out without barely a thought and then you watch Galactus fly out and try to take on the Beyonder who does the same thing to him that he did to Ultron. It, you get like a really quick lay of the land of like what what the power levels are for every all the big yeah. players involved. And I thought that was cool. Because for me as a kid, the best moments were always finding out who wins in a fight. That's why the good guys always fight each other when they meet when they meet. You gotta know which one's who's gonna win the fight, right? That's why the, the Zek cover with Wolverine scraping Captain America's yeah. shield like, we talked about that on the bus for, like, the whole ride home one day. Like, everybody was so excited to see it happen and wanted to find out, That's uh, awesome. like, what was going to happen when they when that actually took place. So, anyway, I've completely digressed. So, uh, Dr. Doom actually revived Ultron and turned him into his personal bodyguard. Yeah, because in Doom's base, he's clearly got things that can do all sorts of stuff, which doesn't make any sense to me. The technology is so advanced they can't understand it, but it's also so advanced that anybody can use yeah. it. <laughs> they never explain anything. Nope. Titania just shows up. Yeah. Uh, Battle World pulled in part of Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and good thing it did because it gave us one new hero, Spider-Woman, the new Spider-Woman, yeah. now Madam Web. And it gave us two new villains, one who is currently being featured in the fabulous, sensational She-Hulk Disney Plus show that we both love so much. Uh, So, issue three. X-Men! Oh, no. I'm just jumping around. Oh, no. Issue three. um, This is the one where I'm going to have to hear about it from every Spider-Man fan ever. Oh, yeah. Issue three... Magneto has taken the Wasp 
uh, as a hostage or prisoner or something. And uh, she, she like he he like seduces her. Yeah, it's real. He's doing like the come hither on the recliner, and she comes hither, and she seems like she's really into it, but she's just playing them all along. So the X Men come along, and they're talking to him. Before that happens, she's he, into it right now. Yeah, the X Men are talking about whether or not they should go seek out Magneto. Love that oh yeah, yeah, um, and. Spider-Man comes along. He's like, oh, what are, what are these voices? What's going on? I'm going to hide in the shadows like a little punk and eavesdrop on this personal conversation. Right? And he hears half of it. Yep. Make, jumps to conclusions. This is straight up sitcom Spider-Man at his best. Just doesn't know what he's doing. And Jumps uh, in there. He jumps in there, starts webbing everybody up and being a pest. And then he's like, I'm going to go tell my dad on you. And so he does, and the X-Men are like, well, I guess the only thing we can do is get the heck out of here and go be with Magneto. So Magneto and the Wasp have some relations of some manner. Yeah, there's a storm going on, and they pull a whole baby it's cold outside. They do, and somewhere, um, for the older readers, somewhere Nick Fury is taking a phone off the hook. If you know what I mean. Then... Yeah, these two women appear out of nowhere, and Doctor <laughs> yeah. Doom imbues them with superpowers, yep. giving us Volcana and Titania. So Titania? easy. What he's is just she... like he's like, yeah, we just uh, we just grab these people from the bit of Colorado that's been sucked into Battle World. Uh huh. That's what you do, man. They were, I guess, these two were like friends or roommates from the old neighborhood. And what's or something. what's Titania's real name? Is like Rita Skeeter. Skeeter. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that yeah, that yeah. Wrong? She was a newspaper writer for the oh, okay the magical. Muggles. I'm in the I'm in the midst of reading <laughs> Harry Potter out loud to the little guy. Uh-huh. He doesn't know what's going on, but yeah. I've never read him before, so this is my thing. It's that or shaken. Yeah, yeah. One or the other. Right. There's no in between. So we're Rita Skeeter in it. The important thing you need to know about these two: one has volcano powers, one is super duper strong. And she has a chip on her shoulder and wants to pick a fight with everybody. Yeah. And nobody wants to give her the time of day. They don't care. They're not impressed. But the sad thing is, the Volcana, just like a normal woman's body, right? In the whole series, everybody calls her fat. Oh, yeah. It is so bogue, man. Yeah. I I mean, we agree I'm not a woman, but... uh, I, I I felt self-conscious myself on yeah. her behalf for the rest of my life after that. I think she looks fine. Anyway, she oh, falls. Add her, add her to the old yeah. dusky goddess oh, files. Oh, yeah. The thick goddess. She's the thick, thick goddess. Uh, <laughs> but she falls hard for the molecular man. Which is another character I just... Molecule I, man? I, man, I, I screwed man. that up. You did. Molecule okay. man. What's the they might be giant songs? It's Particle Man. Particle Man. He's this guy's better than Particle Man. Sure. That's all you need to know. So and, what, did, what did they call him he, in this issue? A milk sop? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So his whole deal is uh he the was maniacal and he had these these powers that he could like manipulate matter to make whatever he wants 
but he got better. He got therapy and he was like working through his issues and he was setting aside violence and trying to be a better person. And then they stick him in a room full of villains right. and they're like, you're the most powerful one. You got to do some badass stuff. And he didn't want to. And that's all I want to say about that. Yeah. That's um, that issue, man. So the next showdown is number four a, is a big one. That classic cover. X-Men. Some really classic covers in this series. I'll give it that too. Yeah. Cause like four is great. One's great. Eight's great. Ten's great. I think ten's great. Ten is one of the best covers of all time. Right? One of the best of all time. And I, I will fight you if you disagree. No, I think I'm with you. But the interesting thing is, 4 is a cover drawn by Bob Layton, not by Mike Zeck. Oh. Uh, and in fact, uh, this issue, um, Zeck, more than likely, fallen behind because the, the good artists are always the slow artists. So uh, Layton comes in to fill in on a few issues. And uh, the issue starts off with the bad guy's base blowing up because they got to find a new base eventually so they can have another toy yeah this is this is after a fight with the avengers right and the avengers or the the heroes are are running away yeah and they start uh lobbing trash at at the heroes (laughs) trying to pick them off and and the molecule man's like well how about if i just drop an entire mountain range on top of them this is where I was like, this is the work of a small child who's just like, you know what I'm going to do? Just squish him with this mountain out of nowhere. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense, you little bastard. No, uh, it's horrifying. Um, and uh, Thor is about to kiss the Enchantress and fall under her spell when the mountain range lands, shakes the earth, and he's like, what's going on? She's like, let's go find out. And they show up. And they're all the bad guys. Yeah. And Thor is like, okay, Enchantress, we can take them, right? Right? And she kind of looks sadly away like, I don't know you. (laughs) And you can tell she feels guilty and she wants to help, but she knows it's a lost battle. So they fight and uh, it looks like Thor gets disintegrated, but he just cleverly gets away. You know who does get disintegrated, though, is Kang. In issue four, Kang, the Conqueror. Gotta move him off the board. He is off the board, 100%. And then we get the X-Men in a vehicle that we can sell to kids' parents. Uh Uh-huh. We could have. And Colossus is daydreaming about Kitty. Oh, he misses her so much. So much. And she's not there. She She didn't get pulled in with the rest of them. Because Shooter's got it out for Do you... Because she, she had to be 18, right? Yep. So we know Sue Storm's not there because she's pregnant. Because Shooter hates women. And Shooter hates women. He probably doesn't. It's fine. No. I like, we could say that, though. If you want to score a point. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that what the kids do these days? Yeah. yeah. Just see what sticks. Let's just... Yeah, let's just say this about Shooter. See if we can take him down. Let's cancel him. <laughs> Cancel shooter hashtag. We're gonna get canceled. Cancel shooter, dude. I'm so canceled. I know. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if I'm canceled or not. But yeah, so Kitty is not there, and Colossus is missing her a lot, and they're laying it on thick because those are the foundation 
of his story arc yeah. in Secret Wars. The writing's already on the wall. <laughs> but you get a, a nice overhead shot of Magneto's base, which is my favorite location. If there was ever a supervillain base, this is it. This this thing, it's like two big arms hanging suspended over a field of red menacing tentacles. I like it. I think it's cool. It's exactly the... If it was lava, that's the only thing that could make it more perfect for Magneto. He had a perfect lava base. Well, they wrecked that. Thanks a lot, X-Men. Uh, so they show up, and that's when the wasp pulls her fast yeah, one. You're, you're glossing over why this is so ridiculous. You keep on... She makes Magneto build her a comb. <laughs> Did she ask We've for got one? Pan- no, I, oh, maybe he just does it. No, she says... He, he says, knows I, this is his pimp move right here. He's, this, this is the one that gets yeah, all the ladies. Well, he already got her. Dude, look at her. This is the one in that, that fourth panel, lady. she's trying to get out of bedhead. That's what she's doing right there. She's oh. got some sex hair going on there. Oh, no. And that's why he made the comb, because he's all roughed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She's been face down in the sheets. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you got to edit that up for the PG nope. normal noise. Nope. No edits. No edits. <laughs> so, yeah, he makes her comb, then he starts making himself a... Uh, Post-coitus drink? Yeah. No cigarette. That's too bad. That would have really been painting a picture, probably. Right. <laughs> so then the X-Men bust in, and he's like, I'm trying to get Wasp here to join my side. Do you mind? Couple of quick thrusts, and she's ours. <laughs> it didn't really work out that way. It so, did not. So first we get... And this had to enrage you because it enraged me. First, we get Spider-Man mopping the floor yep. with the X-Men. Furious. Then we get the Wasp mopping the floor with the X-Men. Furious. They've done... She's got to be dehydrated. <laughs> this shouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's gone. She, yeah, I mean, they, look like, a run they look like buffoons. Like, they're all falling over each other. Yeah. Like, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Colossus in this look like the Three Stooges. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, she escapes in one of the cartoon vehicles that they want to sell your children. Yes. But here's the thing. She can't drive. Oh, And she's like, oh, if only the fellas were here to help steer. It's real bad. Her chauffeur drove her. She's rich. <laughs> That's true. See, this is why I brought up the Beast Avengers. Because really, like, past Avengers, other than reading, like, Corvex Saga and being like, man, not my cup of tea. Or the Kree Scroll Roller and being like, ah, oh, not my cup of tea. And then slowly but surely after I've read every single supposedly great Avengers story, I'm like, I don't think it's my cup of tea. Hmm. I don't think I'm into it. I like the characters, but like every story that's supposed to make me love the characters, I don't really get it. And I think it's because it's like a governmental team, you know, there's quorums, oh. all that stuff. Yeah. I like the family aspect of the, which probably says something about my psyche, and if I were to go into Molecule Man's therapist, they'd unravel all of that. But, like, the the Avengers stories don't stick with it. I love the Fantastic Four like enjoyed everything I've ever read of the Fantastic Four, but Avengers stories just like don't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I get why people like them, but like 
I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And so I was like, and most of the Avengers stuff I guess I've read didn't have Wasp in it. So when I was reading this, mm. I was like, is this how she always is? Because this sucks. There were periods where <sighs> she was like this. Yikes. Yeah. She's... Uh, this is where I realize how much, like, Claremont was, like, ahead of some of the... Uh, like, that, that like I know it's taken me far too long to realize that. But, like, when I was a kid, it was like, I just want to read the characters. I yeah. didn't care what was going on. Yeah. But now it's like, you realize, oh, there's varying degrees of how good someone is at this particular job. Uh-huh. Basically, Wasp can't drive. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was earlier. <laughs> uh, so uh she has escaped she's in the middle of nowhere can't drive it was Doesn't Mattel. Know where she is there's an ad aha there's an ad for the toys yeah mail away cut a hole in your comic yeah send in this thing and maybe we'll send you something back so yeah then hulk is holding up the mountain yeah that's been yeah. dropped on him. Everybody's trying to figure out ways out of there. So they're gathering Hawkeye's arrows. And Spidey has to give up his web shooters. So now he's useless. But according to Jim Shooter, could probably still take all of the X-Men. Oh, yeah. Just drop them off on Krakoa. Yep. See him take everybody out. Yeah. All right. Probably. Uh, now, there was that... Uh, I can't remember if we discussed this on the show ever, but there was a, a page... I think it was a page in a comic... Was it one of the X-Men annuals where they had, like, tiers of different strength levels? And sh- and with, like, the, the characters standing on those tiers with, like, the Hulk at the top. Yeah. And um, Spider-Man was on a higher tier than Colossus, if I remember that right. Mm-hmm. Editor's note, I was close again. Spider-Man and Colossus were on the same scale, the super medium weights. Along with Valkyrie, She-Hulk, Power Man, Bill Foster, Goliath, rest in peace, Silver Surfer, and Ghost Rider. I mean, I mean, Colossus his... was getting jobbed left and right by Moses Magnum. <laughs> He's just the a only, boy. He was only, the only 18 thing Colossus years old. could fight was a tree. Oh, and he demolished some trees. Somewhere, in his time. a tree did him wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because he hates those things. But yeah, so Mr. Fantastic, being the fantastic mister that he is, yeah, he grabs all this uh, tech circuitry from Iron Man and Hawkeye, and apparently there's microcircuits in the web shooters for some reason yep. in 1982. Uh, and he fashions some kind of supercharger for Iron Man's armor that allows Captain Marvel and... Nope. Not that Captain Marvel. And the Human Torch to Miss Marvel. She wasn't... No, she was Captain Marvel. Yeah, this is Captain Marvel. This is Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel. She went by Captain Marvel. She gets out of there through the light. Yeah. And they blow a hole in there in the side of that mountain. Out of the side of the mountain. And And Thor was trying to get him out. He was trying to dig him out. And they were like, oh, we heard a weird tapping noise. He was like, tapping? I was hitting those rocks as hard as I could. Tapping! That's the best Thor impression I've ever heard. <laughs> Verily. Yeah. <laughs> Verily, that was the best Thor impression I've ever heard. Kiss mine butt. So, yeah. Then they wind up in a village. Yes, we're introduced to some 
native village. Yeah, and here they comes... They refer to them as native, but, I mean, is anybody native on this planet? It's made from yeah. chunks of a bunch of different planets. Yeah. But, See, they, I don't know what they're doing. But I think now we, they're now just we racist. Meet, That's now what we it meet is. Jerry's number one all-time comic crush. No. I mean, she's fine, but I resent her. I do, too. Uh, this is the worst. So this uh, they're introduced to this healing character. Uh, her name is Saji? How would you pronounce it? Uh, Tramp. Yes. <laughs> old bitch. That old bitch. That old bitch. That old bitch. <laughs> so uh, she heals members of the, of the hero team, including the She-Hulk and Johnny Storm. And... He falls head over heels in love with her after she heals him. What an idiot. Well, I I mean, it's stated explicitly in the books, but I never... I started with issue eight, so as a kid, I missed all that. Back, like the... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like the backstory where... It turns out, like, her healing magic or whatever it is, like gives you a like a love response right to it's her. a dragon you want to chase yes yeah and it goes for everybody like everybody's like oh you know, this, um, this makes it real easy for none of this to make sense oh but, colossus just he's into her johnny's into her everybody's into her because uh-huh. of reasons well yeah so uh johnny being the most pliable and horny of the bunch he he goes after her, and we're yeah. only on episode five. We need to get yeah, moving here. Do. So finally, so episode the, so issue the, five. Wait, the, at the end of issue four, <gasps> Reed is like, well, everybody else is like, who's this new chick? Reed's like, oh, uh, guys, Galactus is doing his thing, guys. Uh-oh. I shouldn't gloss over that. Yeah. So Galactus has brought his ship into orbit above Battle World. Yeah. And he's now like, I'm out of here. I'm going to eat this planet. F all y'all. Uh-huh. And they, they make a point to mention that his home planet is like, his home world slash spaceship is like 250 million miles away. But it fills the sky. This thing is so big. It fills the sky from that far away. Uh, parents held tighter ship. to their wallets as this explanation was made. Make the base bigger. <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> this we would... want this thing to be the USS Flag. I was going to make the USS Flag. I didn't think you'd get the reference. Good job. I was born in 81. Yeah. I didn't have one, Me but either. I've seen it. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm like, I wonder if I could scratch together enough money to get myself one. And then there's some doctor out there that's like, nope, slaps you down. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's one at Time Travelers. <gasps> yeah, and then you just have to deal with that the guy. The great Satan. Uh, don't touch the books, fellas. <laughs> oh, Let man. me just look up the price guide to see the price. The only store that's you feel like you're in the guy's house, like in his living room, touching yeah. his stuff. How are you going to sell anything like I that? I got an off-air time traveler story. <laughs> of course you do. X-Men! 
Zaja. What is it? Is that what we're calling her? Zaja. Oh, she. He tries to say. So she's got this uh, smoke bottle. Yeah. Uh, that she opens up and it lets them yeah. see each other's thoughts. Yeah. And uh, he They're, tries to piece her name together. He says, "Her and Johnny are on drugs. That's yeah. what's happening here." Yeah. Yeah. She gets Johnny high. The great opium palace of <laughs> yeah. Battle. This World. is part of Battle World. Uh, and so then Johnny explains everything. This is just in case you just hopped in in issue number five. If uh-huh. you had picked up five instead of eight, you would have gone on this Johnny Storm drug trip, and you would have known exactly what was here. Uh-huh. So then that cuts. She basically is like, this is what's going on. She fills him in, and he's like, oh, I love you. Johnny yeah. is an idiot. I side with the Yancey Street Gang and Ben Grimm <laughs> all the time now. Johnny's an idiot. <laughs> He's under her spell, man. I mean, she—I she's not that she's doing it maliciously. I know. I think she views this as part of the healing process for those who need, sure, all kinds of healing. But yeah, while they're in love, they then cut to Colossus, who once again is lamenting how much he misses Kitty, and then Xavier comes and mind blasts him out of that. Peeps into his private thoughts, which Xavier is like. I know he's a jerk. But, like, Shooter's got him, like, even more jerky than he normally is. So what we've got here is a Professor Legs. Professor Legs. <laughs> Professor Legs. <laughs> <laughs> Professor X has newly functioning legs. And um, anytime Professor X isn't crippled, he's an asshole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he wants to... You might to... have to edit that. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. What time? I don't know. No edits! No edits! Except for that one. Sorry, Steve. Uh, let's just... Let's skip on ahead, man. Oh, it's Mallory and... Stuff happens. Owen, they're getting in a fight. Not Mallory and Owen. Owen is the Molecule Man, right? I'm saying, the, like... Isn't that his first name? Uh-huh. Yep. So, uh... He basically takes out the Wrecking Crew. He finally snaps, and so then everybody else is like, Hey, you're cool. Then we get back to Doom and Enchantress hanging out. And then everybody's trying to figure out, like, Reed's basically like, can I talk to Galactus? Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, he's like, I finally kind of got this idea. I saved his life once. Yeah. He's like, we can we can reason with him, see what's going on. And so he drops some, what is it, like, sentry out of his ship to punch the Hulk? Yeah. Just, just one of his trinkets. Yeah. Another, like, get this at the toy store, kids. Fifty nine ninety nine. The Sentry, the robot Sentry that looks like every other robot out there in the nineteen eighties. We're just gonna. It's in three panels. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> we, matter. But we want the kids' parents to buy it. So the heroes knock that out. Uh, the X Men show up all over the place. Uh, they they've got the uh, the Wrecking Crew weak from a, a previous battle, right? And they jump on them. And. Um, Colossus takes a shot to the ribs from the Wrecker and is hurt pretty badly. And, and Cyclops zarks him, zarks them all, and they run. And But Colossus needs healing badly. Of course and he does. They take him to Saji, and they're going to wish they hadn't. We're going to wish they hadn't. Because she heals him, and he says, Ooh, that feels good. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Oh, that feels good. Thank you. I love you. Not yet. 
but it's coming. It is. Faster than Johnny Storm. <laughs> so now we're on to issue six. And we're back with Wasp, who can't drive. She can't. She crashes her ship. Yep. Throws a temper tantrum, blows the ship she up. She did not even throws a temper She's throwing a temper tantrum because she broke her nail and doesn't have an emery board. Oh, man. There's this probably is, one in that ship. I don't understand why they... Why'd they do this to her? Uh, she runs into the lizard. Yep. Who's found himself a nice swamp on Battleworld and is wanting her to leave him alone, but they become friends. They find Claw, who's insane. Doctor Doom revives Claw. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Probably well, with the same machine that he just created Volcana and yeah. Titania out of. And so we get some brief Dazzler in here. Where they give a history of what happened. Oh, how and she I went, absorbed dude, him. I read the Dazzler stuff that we were supposed to. I loved it. Everything about it. I loved the Dazzler series. Yeah. Read it twice in its entirety. I loved it. Thought it was great. And did did that happen in that series? Yeah. Yeah. When was she, it sweet? You know, when she fought Galactus. Yeah. No. I mean, all of it was absurd and weird, but I think it gets a super bad rap. I also liked Power Pack. I read all the Power Pack. Dude, I love Power Pack. I enjoyed Power Pack immensely. Yeah. I I read, like, I'm a hundred and something issues into Alpha Flight, and sorry, pal. None of it? You didn't like any of it? They barely even get the team off the ground before Burns gone, and he's, like, kneecapped him horribly, and then it is just constantly, like, Okay, we're the team, but then the government steps in and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. not my bag. I, I tried hundred and something issues, and I'm going to finish it, and I'm going to read some new versions of it too. But it, it, I was reading it at the same time as Power Pack, and I, I, I leaned more towards Power Pack. Wow, you big baby. Yeah, I guess so. It's what softened me up for the eventual having a kid. I was like, let's have a Power Pack. That's fair. So Colossus now is uh, highly conflicted because uh, he still misses Kitty, but when he tries to picture her, all he can picture is Saji. Yeah. And then she comes into the room, and he's like, "Oh, oh no! I shouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm undressed. You shouldn't be looking at me." And she places her hands on his chest, and he's hers. Yep. But here comes Johnny Storm, Swoops sweeping in, her off her feet. Takes her out. Storm and Xavier get into an argument, because Storm's like, Hey, Professor Legs, I'm tired <laughs> of you ordering people around. I'm the leader of the X-Men. So he's like, I have legs now, yeah, so and I you should better be get there. used to it. You should be out there in the field. And then uh, cut back to the Wasp and the new adventures of Wasp and Lizard. And they're really getting along, and he's she's going to help him fix his boo-boo. Yep. And then she gets shot right through the breasticle. Yeah. Not through only, a tree. Yeah. Lizard goes insane, and not only does she get shot, but the X-Men run into Molecule Man. And Wolverine, of course, does what Wolverine does. Doesn't listen to Cyclops when he's given an order. And it's just like, I got these claws. I got to use them. So he goes to attack Molecule Man, slices him up. Probably would have ended him. Yep. Which probably was a good idea. Probably was. So maybe Cyclops was wrong in that. 
Mm. She just let Wolverine do what he needed to do. Yeah. So then, where they were, Cyclops blasts a hole into it, and suddenly it's a volcano. Probably because they wanted to sell a volcano base. Right. I would have bought a volcano base, though. they're there because they followed the wrecking crew there, because the Molecule Man was going to do something there. So, they're trying to stop the Molecule Man. Wolverine goes to gut him. Cyclops zaps his elbow and throws his aim off and he only like rips his side open yep so he's gonna bleed out slowly instead of being dead immediately but then when the wrecking crew runs off to try to save the molecule man so that doom doesn't kill them cyclops does the same thing they were gonna do and he makes the volcanoes all erupt he's like well they must have been about to do this let's do it (laughs) so they do sean they do jim shooter everybody we know it'll be good here a volcano eruption. And then they follow that up with the wasp being murdered by Pile Driver. Was it Pile yeah. Driver that did it? Yeah. Shot, Shot her with, with a, a gun. A gun from, from a giant the, tank. From a giant tank vehicle thing that you can get for forty nine ninety nine. Sixty nine ninety nine. Gotta move those units, boss. So yeah, once again, they're driving around in this ridiculous tank thing. Shooting everybody. Yeah, they sh- they shoot the lizard. They're, want- they're supposed to bring the lizard back. So they shoot the lizard and the wasp with the stasis ray that like lifts the entire ground underneath them up and brings it into the tank. And that's important. Because um, uh, they, they're like, we'll just dump her in a field somewhere on our way back to base. And they do. <laughs> and the heroes find her. And they're like, dang, they killed the wasp. Oh, and then uh, the Wrecking Crew runs into the X-Men again, and one of my favorite bits, Wolverine just takes... Absorbing Man's like, I'll absorb this rock so I'm tough. And Wolverine takes his arm clean off. (laughs) And, like, in the background, like, for the next... the, The rest of the issue, just every once in a while you see Creel with, like... His one arm in his other arm, and it's still <laughs> right. holding his ball and chain. <laughs> it's got this yeah. like worried, confused look on his face. Like, now what do I do? And meanwhile, the tension continues to build with Galactus. Like, what's this guy gonna do? Yeah. Uh, she Hulk is super pissed when they find the Wasp dead, and she says she demands revenge. Cap says no revenge, and she goes, "I'll do it myself." And that's when she meets Titania. Titania? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, And she got her butt kicked. And then the Wrecking Crew piled on and they beat her possibly to death. Cliffhanger. Who knows? X-Men! Cap is insisting that they they can't go look for She-Hulk. They can't leave their post. They're, like, monitoring... Galactus, yeah, because he's building this machine to eat the planet, and they got to be ready when he makes his move to counterattack. So that's when Xavier steps in. That's right. He's like, Cap, we got you. And Cap's like, let's go get those butchers. Yeah. So it's on. And we're on to the big one. The issue everybody knows. Issue eight. That's right. Amid the chaos. So my, uh, my story of getting this issue... Was I was in New York for New York Comic Con in like 2008 or 2010, maybe somewhere around there. 
And uh, I went to meet Stanley, and I met Stanley, and you know how much I love comic co- conventions. I so do. I was like, met Stanley, and then I was like, well, I'm out of here. Uh huh. <laughs> and so I went walking through the city, and I found some comic book store, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but I can't. But it was like upstairs. In some building, it wasn't like a midtown upstairs. It was like some dude's like rickety old shop, and it was like on some street corner. And I just saw the sign, so I had to walk upstairs and like go in there. And the guy was so happy that someone was there and not at New York Comic Con. <laughs> and judging by the time period, it was just when the movies had started rolling out, mm. so the secondary market for back issues had not re-exploded like it did in recent years Mm -hmm. so that guy was so happy that i was there and willing to go to a shop as opposed to just hang out at the comic book convention that he sent sold me this and avengers annual number 10 for like 40 bucks nice yeah so that's very nice got this issue in new york not a fan of it There's some more fighting in big bases that you can buy at your local toy store if this all works out. Yeah, I mean, when I was 10, I was eating this up. I'm sure, I mean, again, I, it's not the, Iron Man cracks me up because we know that it's James Rhodes, but I don't think he, like, knows anyone here, so. Yeah. Like, Iron Man is just full of self-doubt, there's... Like Doom's got his scheme scheme going on. The Wrecking Crew's going through, taking out everybody. But then Spider Man, Spider Woman winds up helping. Thing now can suddenly transform to human, but it only happens at the worst possible at the worst time. possible times. <laughs> so Spider Woman saves him. Like the Enchantress goes, and she like seduces the Hulk. Seduces is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. She does her thing. She does. I think seduce is the right word. Sure. And then Captain America's like, none of this, and shields her right in the face. Yeah. I don't know. I think So I then Titania's like not used to how Spider-Man fights and the fact that clearly in Jim Shooter's world he's the greatest hero of all and his spider sense keeps him, helps him evade everything. It does. One thing I... I I like about this series is that uh, the stakes are higher and they're willing to cross some lines that they don't usually cross. Sure. Like uh, Wolverine and they show on panel Wolverine slicing the molecule man open here. Hawkeye comes face to face with Thunderball. Yes. Thunderball like shooting arrows at him, but missing it. He's like, Hey, those are warning shots. I'll mess you up if you come any closer. And he doesn't believe him, and he shoots him in the shoulder. And the dude just, like, turns around and walks away like, Oh, my God, I've been shot. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. But, uh, All I right, mean, I we- take it back. It's worth it just for the Lordy, I'm wounded. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just in disbelief. Like, he's he's never been hurt like that before. He's like the first Cobra soldier that's ever actually been struck down by a G.I. Joe guy. And they're yeah. like, what the hell, man? Yeah, yeah, everybody just stops the fight. You just all the shooting oh, stops. Carl took it too far. Don't you know you're going to go to prison for that? I'm telling you, I think I would have had a completely different view of this entire book if it was the first time I'd ever seen any of this stuff. But having seen them cross over before... Like, in stuff that came out, obviously, after. Yeah. Going back to this, it's just like, oh, well, this just seems... 
it yeah. forced. This and so a, then when you're older and you find out, oh yeah, it was like I mean, it's like when the Transformers movie happened. Ooh. And when you find out that that was just to sell toys, I'm like, I don't want to throw all my toys in the trash. Yeah. That's I kind of had the same reaction. It's a heartbreaker. I, my little brother and I sat through that movie. Our mom dropped us off at the theater and we came out shell-shocked. That's childhood PTSD, <laughs> bro. When they yeah. just, oh, here's your favorite Transformers turning gray because they're oh. dead. Don't Get mind em. this kick-ass Stan Bush soundtrack, kids. We're just, just like anytime somebody's like that destroyed my childhood. I'm like, bro, clearly in the summer of '86, you weren't at the multiplex watching Hot Rod become the new Optimus Prime. Optimus Rod. <laughs> so the heroes actually seem to feel bad that Molecule Man is messed up, and they go to actually kind of try to help out. Which, I mean, is a good hero thing to do. At least Shooter's sticking with that. But it's more of them basically just trying to get out of this base that's falling apart. Disagree. Right, this this falls into the same category as your uh, first opportunity you get to kill Karma, you would. You sure? Or, same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, those, there are some that... There's oh, some powers there? that are a little bit too... It's, uh... Who's the, the Wolverine going to see that one kid in the, um... Grant Morrison. Run. Oh yeah, yeah. The, where he like finds him in the cave. Isn't that a? That's an. No, this is. Um, I th- I think you're thinking of was an, ultimate, an ultimate. It, it was, was an, an ultimate, ultimate X Men issue. Yeah. yeah, where the kid's like in the cave and. No, he's in his kitchen, and they they like. They go out to find mutants, new mutants, and they're like bringing them back. But then that kid, they send Wolverine to go find him. Yeah. And he doesn't come back with them. Yeah. Was that Morrison? I I feel like it's an Ultimate X-Men issue. I, I can't. Somebody just tell me. I'm really letting everybody down. Call in now. 1-800-GX-POD. Sean was right. Sean's always right. It was Ultimate X-Men number 41 by Brian Michael Bendis and David Finch. X-Men. Yep, so then everything gets under control. She-Hulk's in a stasis tube. They've got the lizard locked up, which, you know, Spider-Man kind of feels bad about. Um, Zaja, Zhaji, <laughs> the homewrecker. Oh, ho! <laughs> she has, like, used all of her healing love abilities to, what, fix up the... She basically brought the wasp back. And so, but that was after trying once before, right? Right. She tried once and failed? Yes. So then she went back and like really did it. And then she did it to Wasp, too, to bring her back. And that basically exhausted her. Mm-hmm. So she's out. And so... Uh, no heels. No more exactly. heels. So Wasp is all better. She's alive. And so then the X-Men are monitoring Galactus, who pretty much is ready to do what he needs to do and then spider-man is not listening to the rules and he goes around and takes a look around and finds some alien goo well they everybody's costumes were in shreds yep and they found a costume making machine everybody got their costumes fixed he was like hey where'd you get the new threads they're like uh go in that room it's one of the machines in there he goes to the wrong machine but he gets what he's looking for he thinks 
we all think. Fancy new black costume. Can peel back any part of it that he wants. It's got built-in web shooters. Oh, yeah, the panel of him, like, having it, like, shorts and a shirt. And just like, oh, this should have been the <laughs> Still end of it Still got his right mask there. on, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice biker costume. Yeah. Bicycle. Oh, not to insult people that ride bicycles. Right? I almost rode my bike over here just for old times, but I was oh. running too late. So yeah, then, you know, it's an assault on Galactus by the X-Men, and it goes about how well you would expect it to go. Yeah, they there are these uh, these ball things that shoot force beams at them, and uh, they try to take one of them out, and it detonates like a nuke. And uh, the Avengers can see it from far away, and they're like, uh-oh, yep. there goes the X-Men. Yeah, then Spider-Man shows off his new costume and how happy he is to have webs again. James Rhodes basically explains nobody likes him because they know he's not Tony Stark, so he's going to show them. Yeah. Reed's missing Sue. Mm-hmm. Second kid on the way. Yep. So then they go after Galactus, and Reed's like, do not attack him. This is not what we need to do. He's like, I need to go and talk to him, work this out. And so he goes, he's in Galactus's place, and he's like, he shows Reed, Sue, pregnant with Valeria, and uh, Franklin, and Doom's like, oh, I gotta figure out how to get out of this. It's continuity question. Where are we on the Franklin Galactus thing? Are they the same person? I have no idea. It gets fuzzy. I... I thought that might have been part of the Hickman run. I can't remember. I can't remember either. I'm too old. <laughs> Pack it in. No, we need well. to be done with this. So then during all that, we get the X-Men going back to the village. And, like, Colossus is all jazzed because Jaji has uh, woken up and she runs right to Johnny Storm. Oh, bitch. But not before humiliating Colossus because he thinks she's running towards him. Yeah, it's a, it's a... really laying it on. So this is an unrequited thing at this point. Yep. Uh, he's feeling guilty, but starting to get past that, and now he just wants her bad. Doom slices Claw into a thousand pieces to make giant lenses for some unknown purpose. Reed's meeting with Galactus, he... Yeah. He's, he's, but it doesn't he go doesn't the way that he wants it. to. Yeah, he's basically like, this world's done. I'm going to power up the machine. And so he does. So they're all, like, he's trying to get to his ship, basically, to start the whole thing. Reed doesn't want that to happen, so they go to stop it, but it's too late. He fires up the thing, but then Doom fires up his machine, and then you get a to-be-continued. Galactus, instead of eating the world... Reed's like, don't destroy his machine. The machine doesn't matter. He can still eat the world without it. But he doesn't eat their world. He eats his world. Yep. And the amount of energy this thing's The panel is pretty cool. It's a one-page spread. It looks sweet. Lots of Kirby Crackle, lots of colors. It's everything you need. Um, And he goes to absorb it all. And there's Doom with all of his lenses. You're not going to get that power. I am. Such a good cover. Uh, issue 10 against the beyonder to the death and this is just doom 
looking his most powerful and yet completely thrashed at the same time. He's cut all over. There's blood everywhere. His suit's half peeled away. And just like the, the level of detail and noodling in the art is like not something you'd see a lot of. It's great. Back then, it's it's awesome. Full disclosure, this is as far as I made it. I didn't have enough time, but I've read it before. We're going to wrap it up, man. Yeah. Uh, Doom steals all the energy. Uh, he almost goes mad from the power that he now has, but he manages to pull it all back in. And then uh, he goes up against the Beyonder. And uh, he thinks he's going to be able to handle this, but he finds himself weakening and starting to get blown apart. Uh, and he goes to the event, the, the heroes, and he's like, hey, guys. Like a, a holographic image of him appears, and he's like, I'm about to beat the Beyonder. And if you guys just give me a little of your power, you can share in my victory. And, and he's in his cool new high-tech armor. That's right. And you see uh, Magneto kind of eyeing everybody else. And uh, he decides he's in. Yeah. Everybody else is like, no way, man! And they tackle him. Doom disappears because he's getting torn to shreds by the Beyonder. And Hawkeye's like, I told you this guy's no good. You get a nice Doom flashback of kind of his whole history. Yeah. And then uh, his armor and his body is stripped away. He's vivisected by the Beyonder. And um, the whole flashback of Doom is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's like a nice. Uh, Although I have to admit, like the the, the high tech armor works in the toy form, I guess, but it's nowhere near as interesting. I think. Although on the cover, I think it's sweet yeah. because of all the yeah. Maybe he's still got it. the like the yeah. drape draping of uh, cloth over it. I think that looks cooler. You're right. So the base is coming apart. Everything everywhere is coming apart. There's a big glowing object in the sky coming closer and closer. And suddenly, it's Doom. He built a, a trap in his breastplate. And he triggered it and captured the Beyonder's power. And he declares from the deck of the Nimitz that the war is over. And then issue 11 and 12 happen. Yep. We get Doom showing his true face in 11. Yeah, he finally has the power to heal all the scarring. And he walks around with no mask on, and it's really weird. And then, I guess, what are the big things that we need to touch on here? There really isn't... It's kind of a weird... The Molecule Man goes to fight Doom. But he basically shows him, like, Bah, you don't, like... You don't want to do this against me. Yeah, so instead he uh, makes a bubble uh, and he takes that Colorado town back to Earth. Yep. Uh, and so there, there's a, a lot of stuff of them all sitting in uh, Volcano's old apartment and just riding the spaceship home. And then the Beyonder uh, has possessed the Hulk. And then he passes from the Hulk to Spider-Woman from Spider-Woman to Claw, and now he's in a position to just mess with the Beyonder's head for, or uh, Doctor Doom's head for a couple issues. Yeah. Colossus comes to Saji and 
brings professes flowers brings and professes his love like a chump. And she's like, you know what? Johnny, dump me. I'm all yours. Yeah. Oh, bitch. Uh, Doom brings Kang back to life. So Kang is back on the board. All the toys are getting put back in the toy box before the end. Colossus is totally into it now. He's completely forgotten about Kitty. Doesn't have feelings for her anymore. Loves Saji. But then at the end, Cap calls a big meeting and he's like, look, we could be struck by a bolt from the blue if we try to do anything. He could just incinerate all of us with a snap of his fingers, but we have to try to do something. But only if everybody at this table agrees that we're going to. And Colossus has the last vote, and in tears, he says, forgive me, Saji. I say yes, we fight. Boom! They explode. End of issue 11... At the beginning of issue 12, we the find old double size finale. After the big bong, they're dead. They're all dead. They're really dead. Captain America's shield, I think for the first time in continuity, oh, really? is shattered. Wow. Uh, so the Beyonder via Kang is just messing with Doom, trying to make him lose his cool. So Because Doom's got his powers locked down. And because he's worried of what will happen if he loses his concentration or drifts off into sleep or whatever. Claw spells out this whole scenario where Doom might accidentally cause the heroes to come back to life. And Doom's like, shut up, shut up, stop saying that, I might actually do it. (laughs) And he's like, but I won't, I'll never do that. And then Thor's hammer smashes through the wall. And he's like, no, you made me do it. You made me bring them back to life. I'm going to destroy them again. Uh, And so they fight these giant monsters that Doom gives Claw a little bit of his power so that Claw can go stop them. Um, He makes all these monsters with his power. You think they were going to make the monsters into toys too? I guess we're never going to know. Somewhere there's a Tumblr or an Instagram that's got pictures of all the Sure. The art design. Yeah, but this is for... just fighting monsters, which sounds cool, but somehow they make it. These last two issues are really anticlimactic. <sighs> I feel like it kind of ended with 10. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely didn't need a double issue. But Captain America fights his way through the monsters, kicks Claw down. You think Claw's defeated, but Claw lifts his head and smiles. Like this is his plan all along. Cap runs in. Faces Doom. Doom says, you can never defeat me. Turns him to Ash. And then he comes and he back. he says, it's over. But Cap comes back. And he mm, turns him like... to Ash again. And you wonder, like, does Cap remember this? Right. Or does he just, like, blink out of existence? Is he like, did I just die three times? I, I Horribly. This is going to be a hole. <laughs> uh, but in the end, uh, Doom loses control. Loses the power. Uh, the Beyonder jumps out of Claw, reabsorbs it, becomes the Beyonder again, um, and sends the good guys home. But it's important to remember that the good guys are around because Saji revived. Who did he revive first? She, re- yeah, she revives Molecule Man. She revives Johnny, Molecule Man, Wasp. No, it, at the end of. Uh, 
at the beginning of the issue, they're all dead. But she, according to Claw's uh, story, oh, she re- she uses the last of her power to. Uh, it gives her life to revive. Is it Colossus? It's Colossus. And then puts Colossus Reed. puts Reed in a healing chamber. Yeah. Saves Reed, and then Reed is able to revive the rest of them. So Saji is now no more. And Colossus is grieving. He doesn't know what to He doesn't want to go home because he doesn't want to leave her. But everybody else is, like, gathering up. And here we see uh, the X-Men have some new uniforms. Um... Professor Legs has a sweet yellow Professor Legs gets his yellow tights with the big black X. It's like the the reverse New Mutants, almost, or the reverse X-Factor. I forgot to mention, at one point, Wolverine explicitly explains to Colossus what's happening to him. Like, you don't really love this chick. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an effect from her healing magic. Like, you love Kitty. This will pass. Just... Just be cool. Don't do anything stupid that you'll regret. And he's like, no, I love this lady. Yeah. And then they never, they never try to talk him out of it again. Like. The shooter didn't want him to. Right. Sure. I mean, ultimately it comes down to that, but. Sorry that I'm uh, bouncing out of story, but. Right. It's a bummer. Within the story, like they maybe could have been better friends. Absolutely. Um, With, I mean, I think that they would have had it been written by Claremont. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think this was legitimately like, well, these things need to happen. The relationship between Kitty and Colossus, obviously there was an a uh, awkward age gap that wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. fly. Shouldn't have flown back then. Definitely wouldn't fly now. Yeah, Um, it was a problem. He wanted to break it up, but I don't, like, the thing is, is, like, I don't think that Claremont ever had plans of acting on it. I truly think that it was going to be this schoolgirl crush, Mm -hmm. right? She, I mean, she loved him, but I also think that it was... Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. We are. we got to wrap up Secret Wars. Um, But, yeah, he's heartbroken. He doesn't want to leave, and... Nightcrawler's trying to give him the talk. Like, hey, this isn't healthy. There's nothing you could have done. There's nothing you can do now. Let me try to help you through this. And Wolverine's like, come on, let's go. Let's just leave him be. And and we'll see later him being a bad friend to Colossus again. <laughs> and but I so I he's think just he being a good friend. He's to Kitty. To Kitty. Yes, he was. He was being a good friend of Kitty, and I think he's super pissed that yeah. Colossus didn't listen to him. Um, and I think he's right, but uh, he, I think he could have done more to help. Maybe not. Maybe not. Sometimes your friends just make mistakes, whether you try to talk them out of it or not. If you guys could see how Jerry was looking at me right now, I'm going to spend the rest of the night thinking about what Jerry warned me about. That I did. Nope, nope. He's waiting for me to realize. I'll tell you afterwards. Oh, crap. It's not you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, pretty much the end of the story is Captain America standing over a shattered shield. And for me, that was like an emotional thing because um, he, like, he looks determined, but he also looks, like, heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, but through the sheer force of will 
and alien technology, the shield is made whole again. Nice. He's got a big smile. And then uh, uh, Mr. Fantastic starts sending them up to the ship by groups, and they'll all return back to where they were. And a surprise twist at the end, Ben doesn't want to go home. The thing can become human on this planet for some reason. And so he wants to experience that for a little while, and he'll come home when he's ready. And She-Hulk is going to take his place on the Fantastic Four. Which I read that Fantastic Four run, the burn stuff. Mm -hmm. Loved it. So good. It's so good. Yeah. So much fun. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody writes her like him. No. I mean, I think... There have been some runs recently that people really liked. Like I like Charles the new Soul I, stuff. I, I like the new. I've been reading the new run. I, I like it. Like it's, My boy Stegman did some issues way back. See, there you go. Slot people like a good that run. People like that one. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, but that was. I think he writes her great. Um. Just so, ad, just admit it, pal. He draws her great too. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Jerry's comic book crush. Have you read the sensational She-Hulk graphic novel? I have. And if I had been an 11-year-old boy, that I'm, book wouldn't be mint. I was an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> and your book is not mint. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it ends with Ben sitting on a rock, think, contemplating the universe. And that's where he winds up in the Thing series, right? Which was happening. Yep. So I read any issue of the Thing series that crossed over with that run when I was reading that run that year. It was like my lunch break read at work. It's super there was weird, like a, right? There was like a hot dog stand in the courtyard of the hospital. And ah. I would go get a hot dog and a pop, and I would read some issues of Fantastic Four and occasionally nice. The Thing. Uh, so good read, read briefly hints that he has a suspicion of what is making Ben be able to become human again and that it's probably not good. And it turns out it's not good in the, he has like some kind of split personality thing where he turns into two people, one good and one evil. And when one is the thing, the other one's human and they switch back and forth and one's like a wizard or something what? a dark wizard or something i don't I, it's been a long time i don't remember when was this happening it was like uh around issue 22 of, of the, the thing of the, yeah see i didn't read the thing series i only read the issues that like they would there were only a few like a okay. handful that crossed yeah. over yeah weird Yikes. stuff uh anyway and that's how the whole cartoon thing with the herbie came to be right because he was off board when they made the cartoon I, like they couldn't use him for some reason. The whole no, thing it was the thing. Human Torch. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, he was the. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Human Torch. You're right because yeah. they didn't want kids dousing themselves in gasoline and lighting a match. Unless they're watching Spider Man and his amazing friends. Right, then it's okay. But the thing got his own cartoon. That's the thing. Ring, do your thing. Thing, right? ring, do your thing. Okay. Not very good. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? I, I took it. Yeah. Any anything yeah. stuff? I'll take that. Sure. So that's it for Secret Wars, huh? That's Secret that is Wars. The, that is the last time I'm ever going to read Secret Wars. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be my last it's, it's time. It's like four or five times now, and I'm good. That I'm going to say that that was the definitive summary <laughs> sure of was. Secret sure Wars. Was. If you ever needed to know what happened, were your huckleberries. Yeah. I uh, probably want to read it yourself so you know what the heck we're talking about. 
Try to follow along, if you dare. And so for you Marvel Noise listeners, we want to thank you for putting up with us while yeah, we've been is, on. Sorry. Um, <laughs> those who can't get enough Jerry on Marvel Noise, you can go all the way back to episode 199, way back in 2013, Whoa. where I joined Steve to talk about uh, some untold tales. That's uh, very exciting. We talked some Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. We talked and, some Tomb of Dracula, didn't you? Yeah, our, our last few appearances were. Uh, I will Tomb say this: Dracula I do things. love the Marvel Noise podcast. Yeah. It's, they've gotten me to read some stuff that I never like. Um, recently, in the reread, I was like in like ninety, ninety one, ninety two, um, and so one of the things that I did, and this was actually the the book that I had with me. It's the first thing I read uh, after Hank was born. Um, was Operation Galactic Storm. Oh, okay. Because they had covered it on Marvel Noise, and I was like listening to the episode, and man, they make some stuff that's not so great, so <laughs> real fun. Like, you know how sometimes it just, you need the other perspective of someone else to yeah. be like, this is what I find the joy in this thing? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, I can kind of see where you're coming from, so that's like an angle that I can work to kind of get in there. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I could go for some bomber jacket Avengers from time to time. And that one had a lot of Shi'ar stuff. Uh, I ultimately it wasn't my favorite thing. Yeah. Um do you regret reading it? I regret not checking to make sure I had all of the single issues before <gasps> oh, buying no. the epic collection. That's oh. what I regret mostly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I liked it so much you bought it twice, huh, Sean? Whoops. No, just so now I have a better system. I've got a little app. Yeah. Yeah. No more notebooks being carried to every comic book store. Yeah, I used to have my printout that I kept in my wallet. Nope. I'm opening one of these other Spreckers. Oh, why? Do we have more to talk we about? We do have more to talk about. It looks like you have more to talk about than I have to talk about it, because you only told me to read one issue. This so, was the issue that I thought we were <laughs> supposed to read. Well, uh, that's a nice teaser there, Sean, because... If you love not only what I brought to the table, but what Sean brought to the table, you should go check out this next segment on our feed, the Great Expectations Podcast. You can find most places you can find podcasts, I guess. I don't know. We're hosted by Podbean. Come find us. Because we're going to talk about the fallout from Colossus's decisions. Oh, boy. On episode 36 of the Great Expectations Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. This episode has been brought to you by Cry for the Moon Productions. Cry for the Moon!